Welcome to the Dynasty Happy Hour Podcast. Pull up a chair and kick up your feet as you get ready to enjoy some of the industry's most entertaining and actionable Dynasty content on the planet. We're talking veterans, rookies, sleepers, and oh yeah, you know the crew has those dad jokes ready for you. So let's not wait any longer and bring on the host or some combination of Dub, James, and Tyler. Welcome back into the Dynasty Happy Hour. I am Tyler Gunther. I'm not Doug Eddy. He's taking a week off. But you know what? Two weeks off because we will not be here next week because there is something going on. It is the Super Bowl. It is going to be a great game. I have no skin in the game. I am excited for both teams. Hey, if either one wins, I'm pumped for it. Uh, Philadelphia, hopefully you survive it if you guys do win because that city is going to burn to the ground. And speaking of somebody who is very close to Philadelphia, uh, James is back with me. James, how's it going today? Yeah, they have cleaned the grease off the first round of pole greasing, and they are on to the second second. Uh, Do you think the strip clubs got pissed? Like, hey, 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 hands off these ones. These are already. I saw one. I saw one video of all of like there was must have been like twelve to fifteen people dancing on top of a bus stop. And then the the ceiling of the bus stop just collapsed with all the Eagles you know, fans. In it. We it all hilarious. make fun of them, but we all know that if our team won, especially my Falcons or Vikings, we'd be doing the same thing. Except in oh, Minnesota, sure. it'd just be like handing out, you know, fish fries and bread loaves, and be like, "Oh, congratulations! Here's a tater tot casserole." But you know what? We got somebody that's a long ways away from Minnesota here to talk about the Senior Bowl that just happened this weekend, and that is our good friend. My good friend, Derek Brown. How's it going? <laughs> yes, I said oh, good friend. You, you're stuck with it. Yeah, I know. I'm tossing <laughs> you shade before we went live, Gunth. I had to, man. But thank you guys for having me. Um, I personally believe that Philly, in, in times of, of crisis or possible crisis like this, all they have to do is just hit the speed dial and call New Orleans and say, okay, what do you do for Mardi Gras? Because we yeah. need those same stipulations post-Super Bowl. <laughs> Grease poles, lock down the bars after a certain time, hope and pray that the city is still standing. All right, check, check, and check. Let's go. But no, nah, man, good week at Mobile, good week at Senior Bowl. Um, I'm very happy that I did not get caught in the frost or ice Armageddon. And last year, I ended up getting an extra day at Mobile as I got frozen out and could not fly back to DFW. Didn't happen this year, but it was a good week, man. A lot of stuff to talk about with these prospects. A lot of guys that opened some eyes, some other guys that may have face planted but we'll get through all all um we'll talk about all of it man yeah i hear some certain redhead that plays quarterback down there did not look so good nope. and that that is uh i i feel like i'm gonna give him a hall pass because it was sunny down there and we all know it's our arch enemy the sun <laughs> dude you want to see arch enemy of the sun you didn't see any of the pictures on twitter about my face um I, I'm, I'm like two-faced right now i've got one side of my face is sunburned <laughs> and one isn't um, so the running joke was down in Mobile after the first day of practice, which was supposed to be cloudy and overcast, but it was hot as all get out and nobody brought sunscreen, was all you had to do is walk around the city of Mobile and if said person had sunburn on the left side of their neck or left side of their face, they're a media member. If they didn't, yeah, probably a town. <laughs> so people walking around asking you where Rachel is. Where's Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into our sponsor first, and let's talk about Manscaped. You know what? They have a – we have beards. Well, James, you're, you're you're kind there, buddy, but we have beards. And guess what Manscaped has? They have a brand-new beard trimmer. I'm trying to get my hands on one, and you know what? Manscaped, for your ball beard, they do great. I can only imagine what they have for your chin beard because that is where it's at. That is where you need all the grooming. My beard's getting a little long. I need a little touch-up. I need this Manscaped beard trimmer, and you will too. And you know what? If you use code DHH, you can get up to 20% off for your little checkout. You can build a box. You can get the whole package for your package. And that's where we're at with Manscaped. Like I said, go to code, use code DHH, 20% off, and your balls and your chin will thank you. James, you ready to get right into the news? Derek, let's yeah, do let's this. do it. Hey, the GOAT's retiring. Tom Brady is done, he says. We had somebody that on the internet take the sand from where he retired, tried to sell it for like $670 <laughs> I saw. It's nuts. People will go to all kinds of lengths for money. But Tom Brady finally says goodbye. He's playing catch with his boys from New England, it looked like, this weekend. 
Do you guys think it's for real? First question, Derek. Yes, I think it's for real. Yeah, me too. I think if you're Tom Brady, you don't. Because you, here's the other part about this is that he did this early in the offseason. If this is something he was extremely struggling with, like bouncing around team offers, all that kind of stuff, then I think this is something you would have seen come later in the process, like closer to free agency, things like that. But I think it's just like Brady's gotten to the point where he's like, I mean, what the hell else am I playing for? I've got a ton of rings. I'm going to go down as arguably the best quarterback to ever lace up well, cleats. He's got one less like, ring. Thanks. To I mean, just, oh, <laughs> man, I mean, it's, it comes down to man. Like I, I you look at a guy that it, just bucked the trend from the time that he became the starter for the Patriots and went on to have a legendary career. At what point does a guy like that, like I'm not going to say lose motivation, but you've won so many games, you've won so many titles and how does the fire still burn as bright as it did all those years ago? And I think it's probably just, you know, looked in the mirror and said, look, time, it's time. Yeah, he probably looked in the mirror and noticed he was turning into a legitimate skeleton the way his facial structures turned into. But he is starting to realize he's getting old. And honestly, for me, my fir first thought was like, hey, kind of mend, mend the bond with your ex-wife. Maybe, you know, get the family back together because that was on him. Tom Brady, you wanted to spend one more year in the NFL to get kicked out of the playoffs. Round one. Congratulations. But uh, James, what do you think about this for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? I hate it for Mike Evans. We just don't know how long it's going to take uh, for him to match up with another quarterback. If Derek that Carr. even happens. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, if they want to pay Derek Carr, but why would they want to pay Derek Carr? I mean, they're obviously going to going to go into a rebuild situation where Mike Evans, you know, it took all season for him to have the best game of the season with Tom Brady, with the three touchdown game that he had the end towards the end, Chris Godwin, Thank God he's somewhat younger of a quarterback. So for dynasty purposes, what he just had a restructure of his deal last year or signed a new deal. If I'm not mistaken, it was a three-year deal. Yeah. So. I, I think he stays at least one more year before he kicks rocks as well. Uh, this franchise, I don't know what they have as far as, as drafting goes, but um, they're going to have to rebuild and the fantasy weapons that we once knew of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they're definitely going to take a hit this year. So I'm going to push back a little bit, James, or at least get your thoughts on it, man. Do you really think they go into rebuild? Because I'm kind of wondering if they go bridge quarterback and Todd Bowles is like, we can run the ball. We have good weapons. Like they have a good defense. If they just try yeah. to patch this and limp along as a contender this I year. I mean, the I offense, the offensive line took its hits a lot this year and mm -hmm. possibly one of the reasons why Tom Brady actually considered retirement for real this time. And the running game. Yeah. Rashad White is great. But Leonard Fournette, contract season, do you really see them bringing him back nope. for another He's contract? Cut. No, absolutely not. I can see him wind up winding up somewhere where we're going to talk about soon in, in the Broncos, maybe as a backup <laughs> behind Javante <laughs> Williams. That makes a lot of sense. A, a pass catcher. Bad, yeah. yeah, a pass catcher in a, in a system where he, known to bring in veteran running backs, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. Latavius Murray when he was with the Saints, or Mark Ingram, for that matter. So, like... I don't see the Bucks actually trying to save face here. They got rid of Leftwich. They 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 lost Brady. They're going to lose Fournette. Mike Evans is aging out. Chris Godwin is probably the best asset on the team. Where do they go? Uh, I I would say they go to rebuild. We'll, if they're we'll smart, they're going to yeah. rip it apart. I mean, yeah. and they could start that this year. Like if you look at Chris Godwin's contract going into well, twenty twenty three. No hope. But 2024, they can cut him and save 12 mil against the cap, get out with only 11. I want to say Mike Evans is pretty pretty easy to get out from this year. Like, if I was the Bucks, I'm saying, look, we go into tank mode and we try to suck uh, for Caleb Williams, Drake May, somebody like, get yourself your next franchise quarterback. Don't do this limp along forever type of crap. Like, but again, that's just me. So what are the Bucks going to do probably the opposite. The They're thing with that is the <laughs> NFC South sucks. That's an easy, that's a division. You can win easy. So that, that's a plus for them. And another thing is um, Todd Bowles. I don't think one well, is it probably interested in a rebuild. You know, this is his second coaching opportunity. He probably wants to succeed, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, 
let's move on to what you said. You know, the Broncos, you know, maybe Leonard Fournette going there. Uh, Sean Payton, he's the head coach of the Denver Broncos. My The funniest thing is when the owner of the Broncos went to go visit with him for a second time in person, I knew the deal was getting done because that dude is rich. He could literally throw all the money on the table and it doesn't do a dent for him. So when I know when I saw that he was going in face to face, I'm like, it's done. Like Peyton's going to get offered as much as he wants and he's going to get all the power in the world. And you know what? In return, the saints get the first via the Miami trade and a 24 second. The Broncos get back a 24 third from the saints. Uh, my question is Derek, what does this do for all the pieces in Denver? I mean, it, you you have to look at this as being a positive any way you slice it for Russ and all the pieces in Denver, um, namely in the sense of like the system they ran in Denver was terrible, horrible. It's bad. Like I I was not a hack and believer walking into it. I said from the very from the hop. This is new Adam Gase 2.0. It's a dude that's been built up by the quarterback. He's not that good of a play caller. Um, so to see Denver flop, it, I mean, look, I'm not going to say we all should have seen it coming because, like, I was on the hype train too. Like, I was in on Cortland Sutton in preseason, things like that. So I'm not trying to cover up L's here. But looking at this upcoming season, I think you're going to see a lot of the things that made Drew Brees successful in New Orleans. And I'm not saying, okay – Russell Wilson is going to have this massive, massive bounce back, but I think you're going to see a better season from Russell Wilson. So depending where he is going to go in drafts this upcoming year, I could be back in on Russell Wilson and this offense. And this is not just take lock and things like that. But if you see how the offense is going to run in general, Russ showed us a little bit of life down the stretch. Like after Hackett was out of the building, three of his last four games of the season, he was a top five fantasy quarterback yeah. quietly. So well, I don't think that he pops back and he's elite. I think that he could be good for fantasy if we see Peyton do a lot of the things he did in New Orleans. And specifically, when I get through that, it's running screens. Russell Wilson does not access the middle of the field. He has never accessed the middle of the field. And that's not anything new. A lot of that comes with these shorter quarterbacks. You see Kyler Murray. You saw Drew Brees. Drew Brees was not a guy, but the way that New Orleans got around that spaced out the linemen they use the screen game a ton so whether denver does that keeps a hold over like chase edmonds they bring in another pass catching back um they decide they're going to use javante williams in that role i really think that denver probably looks and says okay we need to bring a receiver guy in or receiving back and form a tandem here with javante williams so i'm a little bit worried about javante um, the other pass catchers, I think it's all a push because you're not getting a lot in dynasty circles for Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy anyway. You're going to need them to come out of the gate and be firing on all cylinders. And if you want to get rid of them and you want to move on from them, then you're going to have to trade them in season. The guy that I want to go out there, but I think the buzz is already out on him, is Greg Dulcich. I think that everybody is going to probably hold on to any teams that they have Greg Dulcich in. But if you can, go kick the tires. He showed last year his efficiency metrics were good. Before Russ and this offense cratered, he was doing things that we don't usually see typically from rookie tight ends. So he has the athleticism. He has the pass catching upside. You're looking at other weapons in this offense. And honestly, I think we look at a, a, a really narrow target tree. Even with Tim Patrick coming back, and we know KJ Hamler is there. I mean, I, I really think that the road is set for Greg Dulcich to be the number three in this offense, and he could compete for the number two as far as target lead on this offense. So that's really the way that I'm viewing the Denver Broncos heading into 2023. Yeah, I like your Dulcich take, and I know, James, you are a massive Dulcich fan, so you definitely agree with that. Um, we got a couple other news things that we're going to just kind of skip over. They're not too big. You know, Derek Carr, he's been granted permission to talk to other teams. We kind of mentioned that. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he said he does want to play on the franchise tag, but we all, we, we've been through that with Le'Veon Bell. We don't need to dive back into that. And also the Joe Mixon thing, he was uh dismissed. So that was kind of brushed that over my rear. It's ugly head later yes, in the year. As long yeah, as you know, he was accused of pointing a gun at a woman. We're not sure mm. it's all hearsay. So 
if that is true, yeah, like you said, we could be hearing about that later on in the season. And if you weren't already trade, trying to trade Joe Mixon, you should because he was very inefficient this year. It was a um, trade away in season. If you missed the boat. Yes. Right after that massive, massive game was the time. You know what is a massive, massive time to do something? It's get a belt from Trophy Smack. A belt, a, a trophy. Hey, they've even got new things for your wall. They're magnetic. You can put them on your wall. You can switch them out super easy. They're like a poster, but they're hard, and you can swap them out super easy. You know what? You can you can put them all over your, your man cave, your, your lady cave, your she shed. It doesn't matter what you want to put these things on. You can do it. And you know what is also a good thing? For right now, you can get an extra 10% off at Trophy Smack by using code DHH. Yes, that's right. An extra 10%. So you can already get 15 Add 10 to that. It's 25% off. And also, if you use code DHH ring, you get a free ring with any of these purchases, except the, you know, you need a belt or a trophy. You need to get you need to get one of the big boys. So when you do that, you get a free ring. Go check everything out at trophysmack.com. Once again, use code DHH for 25% off now for the time being as the Super Bowl is happening. So it's a perfect time to do it. You might as well. You're going to do it. It really steps your league up. I'm in a bunch of leagues with trophies, and it really matters. Uh, all right, guys, let's get right into this. I want to get into the meat and potatoes really quick because this is so much fun every year. I feel like this year it wasn't as crazy of a senior bowl with big name players. It seemed a little dull, but uh, Derek, I'm pretty much going to give you the keys to the car. So let's talk risers at the, well, let's just talk quarterbacks. I don't think there's any risers. Let's just talk <laughs> quarterbacks right now. Man, um, I think you could sum up the, the quarterback position in, in simply one statement. Yuck. It was <laughs> it's bad, man. I mean, look, I, I just talked about this on the Fantasy Pros podcast. Like, Hennon Hooker was the best quarterback there, and he didn't even take a snap. I mean, that's all you need to know for the quarterbacks. Wow. All these guys are not going to draw the draft capital to really care about for fantasy purposes. Um, even the best guy that who I think like had the most solid week as far as who played was Jay Kaner. At your best, his peak, you're hoping for like round four, maybe he gets like the Bailey Zappi treatment. But outside of that, all these guys are going to be round five to later. They're not going to factor in for fantasy purposes for us. Even Malik Cunningham and such like Malik Cunningham's arm strength. I've seen junior high quarterbacks throw harder than him. Um, so it's it's just bad. Well, you do man. live like, in Texas, so that's unfair. That's fair. That's fair. There's some five A quarterbacks that would be starting, a, you know, yeah. QB two in the NFL right now, probably out there. But yeah. It really, the position as a whole was very, very underwhelming. I mean, we were all grumbling in the stands the entire week about, like, stop checking down, throw farther than seven yards. I mean, I, I, I looked over at Thor, and I was like, look, I'm about to walk down there with a $10 bill, and so the first guy that can throw farther than seven yards, you win. You win. Because <laughs> it was just nothing but checkdowns. Like, I do not understand for the life of me, even if you're going through progression, Grip it and rip it, damn yeah. it. Like, NFL evaluators, if you throw checkdowns, or the other thing in 7-on-7 seven seven that I saw last year and I saw this year was guys taking off running. You're in 7-on-7s. Seven seven. Nobody's tackling you. Nobody gives a crap if you're running in 7-on-7s. Seven seven. You don't tell teams anything to pump up your stock when you scramble or you throw freaking checkdowns they've got practice squad guys that can already do that shit okay so if you want to get drafted people throw the freaking ball and challenge guys on the outside and deep and we never saw that throughout the week um so it was really disappointing i think that tyson bajant uh, the guy out of shepherd who set all kinds of d2 records i think he showed enough um as far as like from a skill set arm strength he has an nfl arm I think really where you saw him have trouble is same things I saw. Like I was only able to find like one, like one and a half games basically on him in film before I went down there. And he just looked like a guy that you see NFL worthy tools, but he's just Uber inconsistency, uh, Uber inconsistent. And a lot of that comes from probably, you know, not shading the, the coaches at shepherd, but the level of coaching that you get, the amount of like working on, those type of things like your footwork and stuff. And we saw those things like they would come and go and you see his, his accuracy was kind of scattershot throughout the week, but quarterbacks overall, blah. Yeah. And my first take from it all after hearing, you know, things on Twitter is will Levis should have went 
He should have went down to the senior bowl. He had the opportunity and this would have boosted his draft socks yep. so much being around. It's like, okay. It's like when you're around, like when you have that friend, that's not as good looking and he's around uglier people than him. He's the prettiest girl, girl or guy in the room. Like that, that's it. So pretty like, much every time I walk into the bar, that's right, Gunn. hundred percent. What, what I, I should have okay. just mentioned me because I, that's what I was saying. I was going to say, I, I think we, we all have radio faces. We probably all qualify for that. <laughs> prettiest seven in a group of fives. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That, that's so good. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking with Will Levis because I get he's got his inconsistencies with film and all that, but his arm is ultra talented and it would have showed up big time here what what were you going to say about so, who will love us so th- that is a fantastic point and one that i probably would have forgotten to mention but uh if you want the boots on the ground there were a lot of rumors and buzz and not for the good type of buzz there there was a lot of nfl teams and scouts talking about the entire week that nfl teams were pissed off that will love us decided not to go to the senior bowl because he could have had a chance to show out and here's my thing with Will Levis. If I was in his camp, if you were not absolutely sure of yourself to go there and just prove that you're the dude, to be honest, I don't have a problem with Will Levis not going there. And I'll, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But <clears throat> as far as with NFL teams, I get where they're coming from because they want to see, like, if you're the dude, I want you to come down here and show that you were the dude. Yeah. You were head and shoulders above everybody else here. But to the other side of that coin, you got a guy with Levis who coming off a disappointing season, if he right now he's being talked about as being a top five possible pick. Hell, maybe the 101. So if you're Levis, why would you go down there? Like, what do you have to gain by that when you're already being discussed as a top five pick? Maybe you go first overall. The only thing, if I was Will Levis, that I look at that type of opportunity and I say, you know what, I don't have anything to gain. If I was being talked about in the middle of the first round, at the back end of the first round, then I can improve my stock. I'm being discussed as a first overall top five pick. The only thing that I can do is to hurt myself by going down there and screwing that up and I'm hurting my own draft stock. But I get both sides of the coin and I was disappointed that Levis didn't didn't answer the call, didn't answer the bell. But if I was in his camp, if I was his agent, I would have said, hell no, you are not going to senior bowl. Yeah, don't risk injury. I, I get the whole injury aspect because, like you said, he's he's right up there in the top five. I'm not even worried about injury. Like, yeah, he I don't think, yeah. play like shit. Like, you're talking about he's, you know, <laughs> right. like the 15th, middle you of the first round. Class, yeah. You look at this class. You look at this class. There's not a lot of talent at the receiving positions. And you wonder like, well, hey, if Levis was out there and he missed every single receiver, may not be his fault, but if he did miss those receivers, that counts against him. You know, the worst thing he could do is come into a say uh, a stat line and say, oh, well, yeah, he was at the senior bowl and he and he went uh, seven targets and two receptions for four yeah. yards. But then you, you know, could be like Josh, really you could be like Josh Allen where you went to senior bowl mm-hmm. and then did you see that guy throw like 80 yards? <laughs> yeah, Justin <laughs> like Herbert balled out at Senior Bowl. Jalen Hurts oh. balled out at Senior Bowl. But you know, again, I think again, Josh Allen had a very up and down. You know, so I mean, I I couldn't honestly tell you like at the beginning of that NFL draft cycle where he was being mocked. You know, like was it the back end of the first round? I know it wasn't top five. So how much did he help himself by doing those things? Versus, I think this is more of a situation where. <sighs> Will Levis could have confirmed more more biases and in the negative sense by having problems down there than he could have won people over. I think to be honest, yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. Like like you said, if there was a guy like Anthony Richardson who was eligible for the Senior Bowl, perfect, yeah, person for that. Like that. If you were an Anthony Anthony Richardson, Richardson. you would have gone to it because he's being mocked anywhere from the first, maybe the second round. So you're like. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to crush it in the pocket and show you that I can throw the ball. Cause you yeah. know, I can run, I can run for days. I'm not going to be one of these idiots that just says, Oh, nobody's open. I'm going to scramble in seven on seven. That's the thing with Richardson though, is he could just literally walk in the senior bowl and people are like, yep. First round pick. Cause he's just built differently. He's a beast. Yep. And uh, yeah. So let's move on to the next position. And that is the running back. Now there is one person I saw hyped 
all over the place. So I'm <laughs> I guessing wonder who be... that was. I, I, I think I saw uh, Derek. Got a great Scott first name. Timeline. Great uh, first name. Going out there. Yes. I uh, mean, elite first name. Ta- Tajay? We're going with Tajay or we're we not going with Tajay Spears? Yes, Tajay Spears. Okay. I, I, I was a big uh, Tajay. God, who's that? Tajay Sharp fan coming out. So I always feel like the Tajays are in the cream of the crop for senior bowls and all that. I mean, Tajay Spears had himself a week. And to be honest, like when I entered the process watching Tajay Spears, I even wrote up in my senior bowl primer. So I'll own it. My comp for him was Kenyon Barner. But we have to adjust when we get extra information. And the thing that I think Tajay Spears checked the freaking boxes because he already had the stats, guys. Like, you're looking at a guy in 2022. He was 15th in breakaway run rate. He was 11th in PFF elusive rating. And he was 5th in yards after contact per attempt. So the stats are there. But what do we need to see about Tajay Spears? Okay. Um, First of all, he checked in at freaking 204, regardless yeah, of whatever huge, place yeah. you were looking at. Oh, it was massive, man. Like that, that jumps his comps up into a different tier where, yep. where you're looking at a guy being 190. On Tulane's website, he was listed as anything from 190 to 194, 195. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to weigh in over 200 is huge for him. And I changed my comp one after seeing that. Two, after seeing him at the Senior Bowl, and when I watched him on film, I looked at a guy that was a runway back. He was electric in space. He could break tackles. Um, good enough. But he was a guy that, if you give him a cutback lane, he's he's he can absolutely just make things happen. And so to see him weigh in over 200 with the speed and the numbers that he already has has cultivated at Tulane, I bumped up my comp to he's lightning fast Michael Carter. That's who I see now, considering he's over 200 pounds. He's shifty. He has the foot speed to win. And he answered other questions in the process. Did he hold up in every single rep on pass pro? No, he got blown out of his shoes on some of them. But what you saw from Tajay Spears as the week went on, the tenacity, the fight were there to be serviceable or okay in pass protection. In days two and day three, he held up. You saw one, the first rep, he got blown out of his shoes. The second and third reps, he was holding guys, and that's all you need to be able to play on third downs. I'm not asking that he be the best pass protection or best pass protector in the damn NFL or top 10, top 15. But can you be serviceable just so you're good enough to be out there to run routes? Spears answered that question. So you add the weight, you add the stats that he already put up in college and the utility that he showed, because not only did he show up in pass protection, he had a route. And this is all over social media, which Gunth was talking about beforehand. He had a route in seven on sevens where he juked a freaking linebacker into the damn shadow realm. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was fantastic. And everybody, as much as social media was like, oh, everybody in the st- in the stands at Senior Bowl, we were all watching and we went, oh, baby. Everybody yeah. was just erupted when that happened. So Tajay Spears, you can easily build a very good case that he walked out of that week with the best week of anybody from the skill position set at Senior Bowl. Yeah, his his foot speed reminds me a lot of when Chase Edmonds was young. Like when we're mm-hmm. all kind of hyping Chase Edmonds and like, hey, this guy's more than we think. He's he's got angry feet almost, and that's kind of what I saw from all the clips of the Senior Bowl. And and yeah, he's definitely rising up the boards. Uh, anybody else in the Senior Bowl that caught your eyes? Yeah, so um, the other thing I wanted to bring up about Tajay is that he looked built. He was not narrow as far as his legs. When I saw him and talked to him um, after practices, dude, had he's built in his lower half. That is something that I think that we can come away with and feel better about him as a rusher and, and his ability to break tackles and stuff. But my other guy, my man crush, and I think that he is going to continue to get buzzed throughout the process because people are going to, to see – and to learn that this dude really is that guy, Evan Hall. I, I, I loved Evan Hall, I knew man. It. Loved, loved. I loved Evan Hall coming into the process. Like, So just a, a peek behind the curtain, I do not keep up with college in, in the NFL season. I don't have the bandwidth, but when we get to prospect Same. season, 
I dive in deep on these guys. I If the film is out there, I watch between seven, five to seven games. I look at their stats over the last two to three seasons and try to build a composite of what I think about these guys. And so I had no preconceptions about Evan Hall walking into the process. But prior to Senior Bowl, when I was researching all these guys and um, you know culminating my write-ups for the, for the Senior Bowl primer, Evan Hall, I was like, this is my dude. I freaking love him. I'm going to have so much in rookie drafts, it's going to be insane. And what it comes down to Evan Hall is he is a damn treat to watch as a rusher. His foot speed and his lateral agility, his footwork is outstanding. The man can make things happen. One of the biggest things when I turn on the film for players is I want to not only see, are you going to get what's blocked, but can you create for yourself? Because that is agnostic. Your ability to create yards for yourself is what allows you to be airdropped into any scheme any offensive situation, good offensive line, bad offensive line, what have you, and you're going to be able to make things happen. Whereas opposed to runway backs, where it's like, I need a, a head of steam. I need um, a good cutback lane. I need a zone scheme. I need something where I'm going to get five to seven yards, three to five yards, get into the second level and turn on the Jets. Evan Hole is that dude. He can break tackles. He is an asset in the passing game. And here's the thing, like, in the process, everybody's going to talk about Kenny McIntosh for good reason. I think Kenny McIntosh is what everybody wanted Rashad, uh, Rashad White to be last year. I like Kenny McIntosh more than I like Rashad White. I look at Kenny McIntosh as being an upright runner. He has a better burst. He's a better rusher than Rashad White, and he's just as good, if not better, than the passing game. I love Kenny McIntosh as well, I'm although he didn't, didn't flash this Cook. week. I'm glad you didn't compare him to uh, James Cook because that's oh, all shit, I've man. heard. I was like, why? He's not even the same damn size. Like, no. what, what kind of idiocy is that? Like, oh, he comes from Georgia. He's got to be like James. No, People, he's not people, James Cook. I'm a big James Cook fan. So whenever I saw, oh, he's 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 a better James Cook. It's like, no. 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 My no. comp for him was a, was a if CJ Procise and Buck Allen had a baby, it would be Kim, Kenny McIntosh. Procise here. He hurt me way too much. Well, uh, Macintosh precisely the, the reason why he probably said it. Dante Moncrief are the Voldemorts of this podcast. <laughs> Whoa, woof. So we'll we'll quickly get back, transition back to Evan Hall, but Kenny Macintosh is a guy people need to know. But the thing I want people to leave this show with Evan Hall is that I interviewed him at the media breakfast, and this dude sat down and I talked to him, and I was like, "Come on, man, give me the dirt." I want to know what your 40 is looking like, man. Because everybody's out there and everybody's out there in the stands and they're all like, and the foot speed. I'm not because I believe in you. And this is not just like blowing smoke up somebody's ass, but I really believe he's going to be a four or five guy. Evan Hole looked me straight in the eyes, no hesitation, confidently said, I'm going to run a four, four. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be good. And I believe him, man. You look on tape. He has the burst and the speed to pull away from guys in the open field. He can get around the edge. Is he a burner and a home run guy? No. Is he going to drop weight and run four fours? How, does he have a track background? Yes. Evan Hall is a guy that I love coming into the process and I love coming out of it. And the final stat nugget I want to give about it, because I could go 30 minutes about talking about Evan Hall. I probably already have managed five. But the final <laughs> stat nugget that I want to give people – about Evan Hall, and we always talk about we want guys that can catch passes. And I, I'm going to tweet this out here in a little bit. I have not seen this out on social media yet. Evan Hall led all FBS running backs in freaking receiving yards last year. Yep, better than Kenny McIntosh. Oh. He was seventh in yards per route run amongst running backs with 20 or more targets. This dude can be an asset in the passing game. He held up in pass protection. He's going to run faster than people give him credit for, and he is going to rise in the process. Yeah, you know, uh, also, we oh. got to stop. We got to stop real fast. We can't put this <laughs> podcast out there and broadcast this because I want this information for my own personal uh, <laughs> library here. Okay. So he reminds me a lot of another running back that kind of took off after the combine. And I know he wasn't drafted till the seventh round, but right now he's a huge asset. And that's Isaiah Pacheco. He's very yep. overlooked. Uh, a guy that, you know, people thought he was just a, a power back, couldn't do much. And then goes to the combine flies. And mm -hmm. what we've seen is he's just an angry runner that can do, you know, do things that we didn't imagine. So 
there's going to be a lot of things that happen in this process. And right now you're getting the first information you need for your rookie drafts. And that is from Derek. Now, Derek, let's get into the wide receivers, the, the position that we all loved last year and the year before. And now we're kind of looking for hope because there's a, there's like two <laughs> or three that are interesting. Then you're just like, Oh, please God, let there be something. <laughs> so was there something, I know there's a couple of people that they, uh, there's a couple of players that people had their eyes on down there, but who was it? So everybody, the first name, a lot of people are going to tell you from senior bowl when I, and he is the consensus. Number one guy walking out of the week for us over at fantasy pros um, was tank Dale. Tankdale played extremely well the entire week. Nobody could catch him. He separated on all different levels of the field. Now, for fantasy purposes, and the first thing that people are going to push back about Tankdale, and I don't disagree, is that his size. He's 5'8", 5'9", he's 160. Okay, you look at the comps for those guys, it's a really short, slim list. So is he an outlier if he hits? (laughs) I mean, it's 2-2 Adwell, it's Marquise Brown, it's Deshaun Jackson, just off the top of my head. And those two or three of those were good ones. But, I mean, we're looking at a brand new NFL. Now we got, you know, rules coming out about how they're going to tackle guys or not tackle guys. And I think that you're looking, and if you look at Tank Dell, I think that he did enough this this week at Senior Bowl. His his floor, and Thor and I uh, just talked about this on the Fantasy Pros podcast, was I think his floor is round three in the NFL draft. And if he blazes at the combine, he's probably going to go round two. And for everybody that's listening to this and you're eye rolling, I just want you to be kind of rewind to the last few drafts. Okay. Andy Isabella, small, ran fast as shit. Second round. Tutu Atwell, second round. Rondell Moore, second round. One of these guys that's a burner can get into the second round and tank Dell had a fantastic week at senior bowl. So I don't think second round is too insane. Although I think that the consensus, the people will push back against that. I think he's going to go second or third round in the NFL draft. And yes, if he hits, he's going to be an outlier, but the dude can play Um, a bunch of other guys that stood out to me. Xavier Hutchinson was a guy that I loved coming into the process. Um, I still love him a lot. Um, I know other people walking out of the week. were not as high on him. I look at Xavier Hutchinson he is going to uh, check a lot of boxes from guys that look for early career production in college. I love him because I look at him as Dollar Shore Debo Samuel. Um, no, sorry, my bad. That is the wrong comp. I, um, that I'm thinking about Puka Nakua with that one. Oh, um, by the way, Puka is my favorite. I love Puka. The thing about you... Puka is after day one, we didn't see him. He got on a jet and said, bye-bye, I've done enough. So Puka, <laughs> if you guys don't know, very high prospect going into Washington. Washington kind of fell apart after Easton left and that, you know, they didn't play as well. He transferred to BYU. He's, he reminds me so much of Amon Ross St. Brown. Like that's a, that's a player that he reminds My me comp a lot for of. him was Dollar Store Debo, but I see the Amon Ra. Um, the, the guy that I came out and, and it's funny you bring up that name, Gunth. Amon Ross St. Brown was my comp for Xavier Hutchinson. I want to see Xavier Hutchinson go into the NFL and be a 60 to 70% slot player. He can play, man. He got, um, he got separation. And and what I, what I liked out of Hutch is you saw his game kind of grow throughout the week in red zone drills. He had two or three um, really nice routes where he got open in the red zone, open in short area. I liked Hutchinson a lot coming out of this week, but um, I think kind of flipping the script here, man, two guys that really didn't, and I was lower on one of them, higher on another. So differing opinions when I walked out of Senior Bowl, I did not see it walking in. I don't see it coming out with Rasheed Rice. I, yeah, I do not big... see it. Okay. Do not yeah. see it, man. He was getting first round buzz when we were walking. We were yep. going down there to Senior Bowl, top 50 buzz. I do not see that um, at all. And this is not shade to Rasheed, but – you're talking about last year when I walked out of senior bowl and I was like, Christian, and I, I screamed into the heavens. I was like, Christian Watson is that damn dude. He did not lose a one-on-one the entire time he was at mobile this year. I don't say that about any of these guys and Rasheed Rice for you to prove that you deserve the hype to go top 32, top 50. You should have been the damn man down yep. there. You should have proved put on the King hat and said, come on, Get your tickets, punch them, watch the show. You're going to like it. And Rasheed Rice, I just didn't see that. He, Yes, he got separation. Okay, cool. He got separation on routes where he got inside leverage. 
you saw that. I saw that on his film. Okay, whoop de doo I did not see Rasheed Rice continually get separation on the outside. And the things that I had questions about his game going into this, I thought he had problems on comebacks and curls, getting gearing down, dropping his hips. I still saw those things in senior ball practice. So Rasheed Rice was a push. I wasn't high on him coming in. I was not high on him coming out. One guy that I was really high was Andre uh, Yoshivash. Yo I always screw up his damn Yoshivash. I'm going to say it right. But the guy from Princeton. And super burner. He was on the, the freak list walking into this. And for good reason, you saw the speed down there. But the things that I didn't see out of him that I wanted, and I have since amended my comp for him. I'm, I'm searching for a new one. But I said if there's one guy that could have been the Christian Watson of this senior bowl, I thought it could have been Andre Yosivash, and it was not. You saw him... Um, Really didn't show the speed as regularly as I would have liked to. He had trouble with when corners were able to get into his body, body him up, get physical with him. His routes, he didn't look as clean in and out of his breaks. Um, and the big thing that I really think hurt him in my, my eyes was he, and I'm not a hand size truther, okay? So nobody take this away and say, okay, um, I'm a hand size truther through and through. If it's under but, eight, that's understandable. <laughs> I mean, if it's under nine and the guy's got yes. size, it needs to sit here and ring the bells. And his hands measured in at eight and five eighths. And for people at home, and if, just to give you context, that is the same hand size as Robbie Anderson. Stephen Sims, Marquise Goodwin, Kyle Phillips, Jakeem Grant, and Eddie Royal. Oh, you Half mean all the list, guys that drop the ball? Yeah, all yes. those guys that are <laughs> tiny and play the slot? Yeah. Uh, Yosivash is not that size. He's 6'2", 210. And you saw his hand size show up in contested situations and in the red zone. He dropped a few passes where I was like, shit, he should have got those. So that's it's a smattering of guys that I was high on, guys like Tank Dell that I was not high on. So really risers and ballers, some guys that I really left. Oh, I entered the process with certain pre preconceived notions or at least ideas on film and evals. And I walked out of mobile saying, all right, I got to move some, the chess pieces need to move around the board a little bit for these guys. Yeah. And uh, going back to hand size to put that in the perspective, I'm six foot 200 and I have nine and a quarter hand size. Yep. So I, I mean, any, anything under nine when a guy has size, we do yes. need to take note of. And I, while I four guy with eight inch hands that come in, just, <laughs> <laughs> just obliterate us all. And, I mean, and so I had a little bit of concerns about that. Now I didn't know his hand size coming in, but you did see on film him body catching um, a, a decent amount of balls Quentin enough Johnson. to where it showed up. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Amen. I mean, you got to speak the truth. Uh, We'll get into Quentin Johnson a little bit later in the season, but yeah, that's that's all I've seen is body catch, body catch, body catch. Especially when you're. I kind of I kind of get the spider sense that I'm probably going to be lower on Quentin John. I haven't watched him um, thoroughly yet, but I kind of get the spider sense I'm probably going to be lower on him than consensus. Yeah, I think I think all of us at DHH two are are pretty low. James, uh, you you there yet with Quentin Johnson? I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Okay, don't but, spoil uh, it for me. <laughs> but let's get into tight ends quick. Because we all know that we are begging for anything in <laughs> fantasy. So talk to us about tight ends. Um, you're going to have to go barking up some other trees, man. I This tight end group, and we walked into the week, and I just look at this tight end group as a whole as most of these guys are going to have good careers in, in the sense of like they're going to be in the league for a long time. They're probably going to be tight end two, tight end threes, good inline, good 12 personnel guys. I don't see anybody out of this group. Um, you can maybe give an asterisk um, to somebody like, uh, oh God, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name Musgrave. right now. Um, yeah, I was just going to say I was Luke Musgrave. I was blanking on his first name. But Luke Musgrave is the one guy that you could probably take out of this group and say there's some hope. So Musgrave in practices, I think, showed enough as a receiver. You see um, from a production standpoint, he only had 15 targets last season, but he was second in yards per route run, 23rd in PFF receiving grade. So the, the skills and the athleticism, the upside are there. I don't think that a lot of the rumblings down in senior bowl were Musgrave's probably going to run a four or five. I don't see that. 
I think he probably runs in the mid four sixes. And I just don't like, I think he has enough athleticism to threaten down the seam. I don't look at him as a guy that probably at his ceiling is going to be one of these guys that, that ends up being like an integral cog in a, a passing offense. And that's the way I look at for most of these guys. And I think that walking away from this tight end grouping at senior bowl, Musgrave's the one guy that I think that probably people should walk away as the name to know, but probably uh, be lower than consensus. Like if he starts getting hype, then I will be lower on him than a lot of other people. Um, because I just didn't see it, man. Like he's got the athleticism to stretch the seam, but if you're looking at a guy that's going to make a lot of things happen with the ball in his hands, a lot of yak, um, a guy that's going to really be a big producer for us in fantasy that I don't see by Musgrave. And he had a lot of drops at senior ball practices, a lot to where you're saying, okay, that's notable. Um, and really walking into tight end evaluations, in one of these types of settings when we don't have athletic testing in front of us is really a Pandora's box because for our purposes in dynasty and fantasy for those guys, like I can automatically tell you, okay, tight end evaluations. If you don't hit six, four or six, five, as far as your height, you're probably going to be an outlier. If you hit as a fantasy producer, if you measure in as less than 240 pounds, maybe in the two thirties, if you're super freaking athletic, you're probably going to be an outlier. If you do not run in the four sevens for a tight end, you will be an outlier if you hit as a consistent fantasy producer. Out of the last like 10 to 15 years, if you look at the entire fantasy landscape, the only guys that have run a faster, or sorry, excuse me, slower than a four seven that have ended up being tight end guys in fantasy has been Kyle Rudolph and maybe if Isaiah likely pans out past that, it's a whole laundry list of guys that will never and have never and aren't going to be it. So you can look at athletic testing if we already had that walking into the senior bowl and just pick off guys. If none of those guys ran a four seven, I could just say, I don't care about any of them. But yeah. the group as a whole, it's Musgrave or it's probably nobody out of this group that's going to be fantasy worthy. Well, I guess we're going to have to wait for the for the combine because there's a couple tight ends we're going to look for there. Um, James, you got anything else you want to ask Derek before we head out? No, I, I thank you so much, Derek, for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate you here. Great insight. Um, you speak so passionately about some of the players that you recently just researched, uh, before you went down there. So, you know, obviously a, a great fantasy mind and we really do appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your, uh, insight. Thanks. Thanks, James. Appreciate it, man. All right. First thing we need to get through on this outro is Dynasty Nerds and Underdog sponsorships. Underdog, once again, we, we're kind of done with the fantasy season. You can probably put some Super Bowl prop bets. Those are always fun to have. You know, have, If you do want some skin in the game, get some money, uh, you can do that and use code DHH, and they will give you up to $100 of your entry fee for new people and I think old people. So not Yeah, old, probably, old. probably like age-wise, they don't discriminate. Age. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. And um, going to Dynasty Nerds, it's a perfect time to watch the film room. The film room is where I live during this time. And all it is, if you use code DHH per month, is like five twenty-five, six bucks. That's it per month. And you get everything Dynasty Nerds has to have to offer. And the film room alone is worth it. The Dynasty GM, yep. once you get into it, I I'm hooked. I hate that thing because I look at it and I'm like, Ooh, I could do this. It's like, it's like, I see a math problem on a chalkboard and I can figure it out when I have dynasty GM up. That's me. That's me internally. And I love that tool so much. And also the film room. Like I said, Derek, I know you use the film room. And oh, the, dude, the I was going to say, I was like, I have to shout out dynasty nerds here. Uh, I love rich and the gang over there. Um, shout out to him and grant and everybody that does awesome work there. But um for dynasty nerds yeah man peek behind the curtain i use their film room for everything um they have tons of cut-ups there it's absolutely fantastic for the amount of money that you put into it, it look if you're gonna just scout like one positional group it's already paid for it it's already yep. paid for it 
Absolutely. I, I have a sub to them every single year for just the film room, and I have it saved at the very top of my Google uh, home, so I go back to it every single year, and they never disappoint, man. So I'm not, I'm not paid to say that. I'm just giving some no. love <laughs> to a really good site and some people that do damn good work in the industry. Yeah, right. Rich, Rich is great, and if you're going to give your money to them, that is it, because you know what? They don't take it. They put it right back in the site. They're putting everything mm -hmm. on an app is what he's telling me, which is awesome. We all love just using apps. We don't want to go to the Google browser or anything. It's just going to be right there on the app for the Dynasty GM. So like I said, code DHH, you get 15% off. So it comes up to like 550 or so for a month. So if you go yearly, it's going to be even bigger of a discount. So it is worth it. And once again, it's, you know, the seasons are changing. Go to Viridian Global. Check out all of our stuff at DHH and all of our clothing. James has a sweatshirt on now that you cannot see because we are not live this week. Yeah, but it first is first time I wear it, you know, and then uh, we're not live. It is a beautiful sweatshirt, and I suggest you go get one. It's very warm. Uh, like I said, next week we will be out. But first, I want Derek to take the stage and let everybody know what you are doing. And, uh... Yeah, just who are you as a person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because we really didn't do a great intro for Derek. I mean, damn, well, Tyler, you really shit the bed on that one. <laughs> I mean, Tyler and I have a long history of saying uh, a lot of things on podcasts that usually just come off the top of our heads. Some good, some bad. There's a colored history there. So, you know, I'll leave that out there in the wind for people to find. But, uh, yeah, man, Fantasy Pros, all things, everything you can find there. Um I'm going to have my Super Bowl primer up uh, later this week, depending on when this episode airs. It might already be out, so head to fantasypros.com for that. And we've already got our 2023 draft guide uh, live, man. It's got it covered from the Shrine Bowl, coverage from Senior Bowl. We've got profiles. We've got mock drafts. We've got big boards. we got all those types of things, and we're going to keep continually filling that up to the brim, baby, all yes. offseason. So, Head to fantasypros.com slash draft guide. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, this time of the year is fantastic. I love flipping the page and getting back into film, getting back into rookie prospects and all things dynasty. So it's it's a good time, man. It's a good time to be alive. And I just can't wait for rookie draft season, man. Um, Twitter becomes an interesting space yes. during the prospect evaluation yes. time. Uh, I cannot wait for that. And also my suggestion for you all is go ahead and watch your own film but also take advice from multiple sources because there's a chance you are wrong. And what I've done is I buy draft guides from almost everywhere. And what I'll do is I'll take cutups and I'll take information. And if I see the same thing that they do, I get a better feeling for myself. But if I see something different, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back to that nerds film room, check it out a couple more times, see if I missed anything. Cause that is what, what will make you better is taking advice from other people, other sources. So go ahead, check out Fantasy Pros and their draft guide. And next time we are back after the Super Bowl, we will get deeper into this rookie class, and Doug will be back, so you don't have to hear my voice constantly, which will be fantastic. Thank so once God. again, thank you to Derek. Thank you to James, who I see all the time, unfortunately. But I, <laughs> I will catch you guys next time on the Flippity Floppy.